0: You know, I don't think these big tech companies started with the intent to say, hey, let's manipulate people, let's harm people, but anything in, in too much becomes an addiction. The algorithm's gonna feed into your addictive behavior. Most of us, when we use these platforms, we don't really think we could be the product. It was consciously designed that way. An advertiser is seeing you as the end product for their advertising. The end funnel isn't funneling you to something to buy, but funneling you to an ideology.
1: My guest today is Nick Janicki, media relations director of Ganjin World, a new video platform with emphasis on positive values. Today, he'll talk about what's behind the algorithm of the big tech and how it's designed to get you addicted with
0: no thoughts about the side effects and impacts on you. So, you know, we call it a wormhole. Can you think five minutes have passed? you look up, it's been, you know, an hour, is it can create addiction loops. And then you get fed down this addiction loop of reinforcing beliefs. So as we have more information, that information is being used to sort of polarize us. And that's coming from the algorithm. Nick, it's great to have you on.
1: Welcome. Thank you. We want to talk to you about a law. And you're a a tech entrepreneur, technology entrepreneur. And we want to talk to you about what's going on with the big tech in California. There is a law that's going to regulate the big tech. It's called SB 287. Can you tell us a little bit more about this law?
0: Yeah, SB 287, I was just reading through it. It's very interesting. I like the premise of these sorts of things. So what we've discovered with technology is it can create addiction loops. And so uh, BJ Fogg, he's a professor at Stanford, he talks about the opposite of addiction is connection. So we'll get into that later in the discussion, some of the the solutions to these problems. But essentially, what's uh, trying to happen with SB 287 is saying, OK, let's regulate, essentially, social media and these platforms that are causing addiction, They're causing things like um, self-esteem issues, drug deals, arms deals. You know all the negative things that are happening in society. Can we regulate that specifically for children? So this is targeting people under the age of 18 that are using these social media platforms. And this has been this has been a bipartisan effort. Like
1: I think Republicans were trying to do this last year, and now Democrats are doing it. And uh, they have faced a big backlash from the industry. You've been in this space. Can you tell us more about? what is the behind the scenes in these big tech companies what's happening behind? Um, the scenes? <laughs>
0: yeah so uh, obviously these companies make a lot of money they're all trying to push forward technology um so i think you know there's there's a ton of great people in this there's someone called uh, there's there's uh, sam harris is his name and he's basically the ceo of open ai so his belief is uh, as we put these things into society it's better that we deal with them openly and then uh you know, avoid as much regulation as possible. And now there's another individual who's, um, I don't know if you saw the movie, The Social Dilemma. His name is Tristan Harris. And he basically has the Center for Humane Technology. And the idea here is we sort of had our first alien encounter with this thing as human beings, right? So I'm a, I grew up in the 90s. I didn't have a cell phone in, in, in high, in high school, too. right? Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't have a cell phone. So all of these things, it's only been two decades since we've been infused with this as a society. So what's happening is it took a while. The intent, I don't think, was to do harm. And I think that's important to to note here. You know, I don't think these big tech companies started with the intent to say, hey, let's manipulate people, let's harm people. I think that happened based on algorithms and now understanding how addictions work.
1: Well, they have provided a lot of value. Like we we air this show on YouTube and some other platforms. And can you tell us, more about the addiction side of it so how does the addiction side work
0: yeah so going back to the addiction side and this wasn't known right so when these things were released the idea was okay can we have an algorithm that essentially uh, if you click a cat video as an example uh, you have a dopamine response and the dopamine is something that kind of gives you this like jolt of joy essentially right Um, when you go work out you have serotonin when we're in a good conversation or we're we're doing other things, oxytocin can be released. So there's all these biochemical receptors in the brain. And what they discovered is if you give people a constant dopamine loop, this is what happens in video games, what happens in social media, they're going to become more addicted. And so it's basically called an addiction loop. It's sort of the infinite scroll of like, okay, here's a piece of content that I'm feeding you. And I realize you're more responding to that. So let's, uh, an example would be, um, violent content so let's say you're you're looking at a lot of violent content the algorithm's going to see that and they're going to give you more violent content so it creates uh, these these you know violent addiction loops with the technology so for kids you can imagine self-esteem issues overall happiness scores worldwide are, are down since social media became relevant and so this is sort of the problem that has to be solved And, you know, this bill is saying, okay, is this the right solution to solve this addiction problem? Can you give us some examples of how these
1: technologies can impact us?
0: Yeah, so I think... Because we're using
1: them, we don't know what we're doing, and and behind the scenes, there's probably examples of...
0: Yeah, so I think it comes back to sort of the um, confirmation biases, right? So once you already have a bias, the algorithm is just going to continue to kind of hone in on that bias. And so it's not broadening your horizon, right? So you're, you should be going to social media, you should be going to these things to hear other opinions. So what we found, and you found this I'm sure yourself too, is it's kind of the opposite, right? It's becoming more and more polarized, not, not less. As we have more information, that information is being used to sort of polarize us, and that's coming from the algorithm. So we become closed minded We're becoming more closed minded than less open-minded and to a point where you could say XYZ person believes why and without ever talking to them you already hate their guts right so there's no the opening of dialogue has gotten worse not better because of the information so
1: the impact on kids will be really big because if they really like one thing then they're going to go in that direction that's and right they won't really see any other yes and yes. they're too young to understand it
0: that's right that's right
1: now are these companies what what you're telling me is pretty shocking are the other people out there Sitting in conference rooms, discussing and trying to figure out a way of getting more kids to watch <laughs> this stuff—is that happening? Are, are there strategies behind the scenes? I,
0: I would say, of course, there are. Right? I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily put the the word kids in there per se. I don't think these companies are not looking the children. Kids, okay. I think they are trying to figure out. Okay, uh, it's a monetization. So. you know, there's only two industries that use the word users. One is the drug industry and one is the technology industry, right? So a user in social media and you're a user of, of drugs, there's no other industry that uses that terminology. So if you're if you're going into these platforms, I think as a parent and this is kind of my standpoint, you just have to be aware that your child is the product, right? So the advertising is coming to your child and that algorithm has to work by saying, okay, the more sticky we can have them uh, looking at a piece of subject matter, the more we can advertise to them. That's just how it works currently.
1: We have a very important announcement from all of us here at California Insider. On April 21st, our latest documentary will premiere at 5 p.m. Pacific time. It's called Leaving California, The Untold Story, and you can watch it on leavingcamovie.com. As you know, the exodus of fellow Californians has been an important topic for us here at California Insider. For this film, we were able to take the time and dive much deeper into the issues in search of the root cause of this exodus. It was incredibly eye-opening for me and it will be for you too. You will recognize some of the people we talked to who have been our guests in the past, like former majority leader of the California State Senate, Gloria Romero, former LA County Sheriff, Alex Villanueva, former San Francisco County Supervisor Tony Hall, and many, many more. As we like to do, we are sharing real stories from real people who struggled in California and ultimately left the state. We need to share their stories and learn from them so that we can act and hopefully make things better. Please watch and share it on April 21st at LeavingCAMovie.com. Together, we can really help California. Now let's go back to the interview. You mentioned that kids are the product. Can you explain what this means? Because most of us, when we use these platforms, we don't really think we could be the product.
0: Yeah, so it's a perception thing, right? So you have to think of from the standpoint of how it's being monetized. So from an advertiser's standpoint, right, they're not going to advertise on a platform that doesn't have a user base. So the whole perspective is an advertiser is seeing you as the end. Product for their advertising, right? So the whole idea is for you to go look at something on social media, but then eventually get funneled somewhere else to buy to buy something. Uh, where this becomes dangerous and unstable is if the product, uh, or excuse me, the end funnel isn't funneling you to something to buy, but funneling you to an ideology. And so I think this would happen with a lot of uh, the election stuff. And I'm not going to talk about the two political sides. It's more about the destabilization of democracy and this is where social media can be very powerful, is it can basically feed you based on your own ideology, right? so it becomes an echo chamber, and then you get fed down this addiction loop of reinforcing beliefs, and so it's basically a confirmation bias algorithm right now, right? so if I'm looking at cat videos all day, now all my friends on social media are cat video people, and we have this confirmation bias that the best videos in the world are cat videos, as an example, right? so imagine that with negative content, and you start feeding into these kind of micro groups and uh, it gets very, very scary very quickly uh, because we're, we're using the very base of human biology. And again, it comes back to children. So I think for me, it's about um, you know adults can make their own choices. I deleted social media myself for about five years. I'm just starting to get back onto it as a utility. So for me, I didn't see the benefit in it. Um, I'll look at my wife's Facebook if I want to see pictures of my cousins, right? So I felt the negative effects. And so for me, I can self-regulate. So the key is, can a 13, 14, 15, 16-year-old self-regulate and say, hey, I'm a 14-year-old. Ooh, that's an attractive lady, or this is something I'm interested in. The algorithm's going to feed into your addictive behavior. So coming back to that, that's, that's how all this is working. So I don't think people are necessarily sitting into a room trying to like manipulate people. All this is happening behind the scenes based on the user Uh, let's call it the human's input into the technology, right? So even adults are are also
1: challenged by this because you you have some time and you wanna kill and then you watch stuff and you watch stuff and then you keep going and then you might hate other people that have an other that's opinion. why it's
0: called a wormhole, kind of right? So, like the physics analogy of a wormhole is something that sucks you in, like a black hole. So, you know, we call it a wormhole when you look at something for a very long time, and you literally just get sucked into content. So, you, I'm sure this has happened to most people watching this, where you know you're on social media or Facebook, and you think five minutes have passed. You look up, it's been you know an hour or an hour and a half. You're it literally sucked you in,
1: and you're just watching and watching
0: and it was it was consciously designed that way to do that right of course what about the
1: morality side of this you know i I think a lot of these tech entrepreneurs they have a high standard for morality they got into this because a lot of people were passionate about technology because of this you know and some of these platforms do a job like for for allow allow people to have a voice Um, some don't but uh, in general people have access to to an audience Is there anybody behind the scene in these platforms thinking about morality?
0: I would hope so. And I think this is becoming more prominent. So the key is how do you change the business model? Um, and you know, there's been new platforms that are coming out. So I think a lot of the response to the overall market isn't necessarily, how do we change things internally, but actually how do we create a product or service that actually does fit family needs? Um, And I think that's where platforms like a Ganjing world come in. Uh, Ganjing is a Chinese word for clean. This was started by kind of uh, conscious engineers coming out of China that saw the persecution. And they said, "Okay, how do we actually open up a video and blogging platform that can be open to all sides, that's family friendly and start with the morality? So what we saw from a tech standpoint is we started with the algorithms. We started with advancing technology and the morality kind of had to catch up. So I think now everyone understands that, and they're making amends inside of these organizations, and then there's new opportunities for, uh, you know, tech companies in a free market to kind of emerge and kind of go, hey, we're gonna be the the flag for what the standard is for family-friendly content.
1: So essentially you guys would regulate with this new
0: platform like what kind of content goes on there or absolutely so with ganjing world uh, it's basically a video platform so think of it as any video platform it offers streaming as of march of 2023 it now has a a creator economy so you can be a creator and actually start making money now on there Um, and the idea is sometimes to understand what something is is to understand what it's not and so the key is much like uh, you know movies there's PG movies, PG-13 in general. General is for all audiences, right? It's fre- family-friendly content. So what that means for Ganjing World is there's no violence, there's no criminal activity, uh, there's nothing harmful, and there's no erotic content. So even if you were on the platform as a family, that's the, that's the starting point. And then there's a kid's corner specifically that is being built out for kids to actually learn, right? So the, the idea, I'm a parent, I have a nine-year-old daughter and thinking about her going on social media at 13 is terrifying. It's a conversation all parents have. Um, You see the effects of um, girls and boys are looking at themselves and feeling bad because of the reinforcement of social media. So I think this is really, really important to know, hey, there's a safe place on the internet that's fully G. You're not going to get accidentally taken into a negative addiction wormhole. No matter where you go, the worst-case scenario is, yeah, you get, you know, too many educational videos, so you can be addicted to upgrading your character. <laughs> there could be worse things, right?
1: So, how were you when you, when you were working in the tech space? You kind of you were seeing these problems, right? How how was what was it like to see these problems and? did you feel like this will impact your own family and others
0: oh absolutely and you know i'm still i still have tech companies I, i'm an entrepreneur i still have other companies that are running and active and what we saw is i try to integrate wellness and everything we do so that's why i'm the media relations and spokesperson for Ganjing is going you know they're starting with the proper premise and so for me when i look at technology it's all about okay Uh, you have to look at it almost like a Venn diagram, is you can't have technology in a vacuum. Technology has to overlap with education, in my opinion, or let's just call it things that upgrade your human intellect or your human spirit, something that's uplifting, right? So the whole idea is, okay, I'm a consumer of this content, but is it uplifting to me? Another component of that is the wellness aspect. So I love the idea of tech companies inherently integrating wellness into the core mission, And the mission of Ganjing is having a vibrant, positive community without these other influences. So the the concept is, okay, can we as a human culture start going, hey, we had our first alien encounter with social media and technology, and it didn't go well, it won. (laughs) So as Tristan Harris says, uh, social media and those algorithms basically won, and they won just based on the very basic dopamine hit which is part of your limbic system, it's at the very base of your brain, we're not even getting into higher reasoning. So it won just based on, uh, I don't know if you've heard the study of Rat Park, right? So I'll give you a little background. So Rat Park is basically, uh, they did an experiment with rats where there was, I think it was like cocaine water or something, and it would leave this out, and the rat would always go sip the cocaine water, and they had it do different things, and it's always going after the drug, right? And what they discovered is the cure to that, right, was basically bringing in his rat friends. So we intermingled the, the drug-addicted rat with his rat friends. He didn't care about the drugs anymore. So uh, B.J. Fogg teaches this at Stanford, and he basically says the opposite of addiction is connection, it's relationships. So no matter what, as, as, as a humanity, you know, we have to have technology for good. We have to have AI for good. Everything we do has to be for the benefit and the morality of humanity. So that's kind of the starting point of everything uh, as we're building this out, basically.
1: So essentially the focus is really on, on the morality side of things and the impact on the user. Because it seems like currently the problem is that the systems are working, but there is no focus on what, the, what will happen to the user Yes. afterwards or in 10 years.
0: Yes. And let's stop calling it a user, right? (laughs) So yeah, the the human or the learner, you know, the person there to learn, the person there to upgrade themselves or consume or just, you know, de-stress, you know, a little bit of escapism is probably healthy, right? But anything in, in too much becomes an addiction. So I think going back to the law, what they're trying to regulate is, okay, we understand why this is negative, why this is bad, and is that the right approach? So what I, I love about Gongjing World is they actually are gonna recategorize everything, and it will actually have a category that's just called uh, mindfulness. And it's one of the first social media apps to have a category in, in the mindfulness outside of apps that specialize in that. So I think that's part of this is just going, hey, to be a balanced human, you can't just go get one thing, there has to be, you know, some maybe, you know, meditation or like relaxation, and that, that's part of the core platform.
1: So there is a variety of content, but with the emphasis is having a moral standard to, to start when you come into this platform.
0: Yes, and then when there are things that are controversial, the idea is to, as long as they don't go against those four primary rules, to display both sides of those the argument. What are those rules? Uh, so basically no violence, no criminal activity, nothing harmful, and nothing erotic.
1: So, but you're allowed, to, you're allowed to have any conversations, right? You can
0: have conversations on both sides of the, of the opinion spectrum, yes, absolutely.
1: And we do have a channel there. We started yes. a channel a yeah, while okay. back ago. That's great. What about AI? You know, Does AI have a role in all of this, in the social media space and in general in our lives?
0: Uh, AI <laughs> it will definitely have a role in social media and in our lives. I mean, there's a lot of, um, uh, arguments going on about the safety of AI, and I think that's the biggest thing to consider. So obviously Elon Musk is a br- big proponent of stopping this public experiment with things say like ChatGPT GPT-4. Uh, so Microsoft invested 11 billion into open AI, and if you go to Windows 11 right now, you have access to chat GPT-4, publicly available to you right now. And the interesting thing about that is there's things it can do that we don't yet understand, meaning. The the very essence of what it is, we haven't fully comprehended as a society. And this is where this becomes a little bit dangerous. Can you give us an example of what it could be? Yeah, so um, some of the things that they're struggling right, with right now, and they're making quick iterations, are things like Uh, you know, tell me how to build a bomb with $1 in the local Walmart, you know, and and in, you know, a couple iterations ago would have gotten really close. And now they're discovering like, oh, hey, maybe we shouldn't have it respond so easily, when it would have taken, you know, months of research underground to discover that. So the AI doesn't have a moral compass, right? So to your point, we're, we're, we're trying to imply human morals on something that doesn't intrinsically have them. And so that refinement We have to get a lot more sophisticated about how we're building these and they have to be for the benefit of humanity right you can't you can't have something that could literally find a missing periodic element literally teach you how to do something uh, instantly at the hands of every human being on the planet there does need to be safety regulations in place Um, so one of the theories is okay bringing this out in the public gives us time to react whereas if if this gets too powerful under the hood and then it's released it's just gonna be in a, an atomic bomb, right? So th- I, there's kind of both sides. So I'm kind of weighing both sides. Uh, I have projects I'm integrating AI into in a very niche box specific to a learning function, right? So putting more guardrails on it, essentially. And I think that's the key is right now, the guardrails are off, right? And you can use it for whatever. But um, you know, I could give a lot of great uses use cases on AI, uh, so, let's l- look at basic algorithms. So, a, a search engine algorithm isn't artificial intelligence, right? So what if that algorithm now could be used for comprehension versus manipulation, where you now can understand someone at a very deep level, a student, a child, and say, okay, we understand that this person has ADHD, or they have what would have previously be considered a learning disability, the AI would now have the ability to say, okay, I can fully understand this person, what they're going through while learning the subject matter and have an alternative made within milliseconds so you can customize their their education personalize it so i think that's the hugest benefit to us as human beings is being able to fully customize per- personalize and supercharge the things that can make us great um, so that's that's kind of where ai is at in my opinion is okay what do we use it for what's the use case so i, I came up with something based on uh, the Vitruvian man. So the Vitruvian man, Leonardo da Vinci's Vitruvian man, was based on a man called Vitruvius, who died I think about 1,500 years before Leonardo da Vinci. But the core principles of Vitruvius, who was an architect, he said everything we, we build in society from an architectural standpoint, that, but I think this applies to technology, uh, should have utility, don't even get me started with the NFT craze, Uh, it should have longevity and it needs to uplift the human spirit, right? So everything that uh, we're building from a technology, uh, you know, needs to have what's the human utility is that can that have longevity and can it uplift the human intellect or the human spirit? So it's, it's coming at it from a different angle, if that makes sense.
1: Now, if you were to give any advice to these regulators, because they're they're trying to come after the social media space to, to get rid of or or find the, the addictiveness of it. What about the AI? What, what advice would you give these regulators, the lawmakers?
0: I will have to ponder that one specifically with AI. I am still in the process of learning it. It's just, it's a brand new tool. It iterates so fast. I mean, we're talking about the GPT-4, which is OpenAI's company from 3.5 version to 4 was I think, you know, two months or a few months and so the iterations are now happening in days. So it's happening when you look at this exp- exponential curve of improvement, um, what the best people in the industry, f- knowing far more than I do, um, you know, they thought this would be about 75% slower, iteratively, than it actually is. So the exponential curve, even in people in the industry, is, is shocking. So I think the key is to just understand um, you know, I, I do think there has to be use cases and guardrails, especially for, for children. I think that's the biggest concern. As an adult, you know, you'll have access to these tools and you can self-regulate, but a child just doesn't have the ability to self-regulate. If you give a child, you know, if I give my daughter the, the option of drinking Sprite all day or mineral water, guess which one she's gonna choose, <laughs> right? So I think that's what it comes down to is, is really understanding uh, the, the human biology and then as parents going, okay, yeah, I'm not going to let my kid drink Sprite all day. You know, this is where, as a parent, you need to get more involved and really understand what's happening. So if you have Windows 11 now and they have access to chat GPT-4, you know, that is a tool far beyond anything social media has introduced us to in terms of its manipulation potential. Um, so we just have to be very careful. So I don't have an answer to how to regulate this other than this is something that needs serious They need work. to
1: really to look into it now before it gets late and 10 years later. 10 years it would is way t- too, <laughs> too, too long, right?
0: <laughs> way too long. Now, do you have any advice for our audience? Yeah, so f- my advice to the audience, I think, is gonna be from the standpoint of a parent. And so, obviously, we'd love for you to go check out Ganjing World, the website's super simple, it's just ganjing.com. Uh, we can probably put up how to we spell have a that. Link. Yeah, we have a, we link. have a link. And for me, it's about really teaching them that this is something that can become addictive, that the, the, the action of consuming technology, not even the content, the actual just action of being on the platform can be addictive. So I think it's from a parent standpoint, it's going, okay, uh, you know, what do you wanna do in life? What's important to you? Again, creating the, gu- the, the guardrails of um, what's your intent to use it. So maybe sitting down with your child when they become 13 and they're gonna access social media, having like a, a birds and the bees conversation about social media, right? <laughs> and going, okay, what is your intent? Just so you know, you know, you're gonna want to look at things that might be damaging and you have to steer away from that or the algorithm, right, the, is gonna actually influence your biology and make you addicted to that content. So you know how do you have that conversation with a 13-year-old is just going, okay, uh, again, it's just they have to understand, what is my intent? Okay, when you see this, you might get a dopamine hit, but understand, oh, I have to regulate my character. I have to live by the virtues that were taught to me in my society, whatever those might be, and say, oh, I'm gonna stare away from that, and I want to be a nurse. So I'm only gonna look at nursing content or think things that help people. So knowing that this is designed to give you stuff you like, yeah.
1: And you have to be careful how much you can take in. And yes, yes. Use it in a in a way that it will be beneficial to you, not the platform.
0: That's right. And you know, now that I'm getting back on social media, I'm kind of m- my algorithms are from scratch, so I get all kinds of weird videos. You know, and now I'm going, I don't want that. You know, so you just have to scroll past that and ignore it, right? And you go, but I am interested in the moral implications of this thing, so let me look at that video, and then the algorithm's going to work in your benefit and say, hey. Now that you're actually on your purpose, and only you can decide that, um, the algorithm's actually gonna help accelerate those things that align with your purpose. But you have to have that purpose to begin with. So you have to
1: be careful not to watch a lot of negative content or hatred, whatever it is, because you get more of it. You're gonna get a
0: lot more of it,
1: (laughs) exactly right. (laughs) Do you have any other thoughts for our audience?
0: Yeah, I would say if it's out there, uh, play with it, right? So if these AI tools become available, play with it, there's only, there's only three things you can do when technology is increasing, right? You can ignore it, you can try to stop it or destroy it, or you can try to put good back into it. So I actually think if it's here, let's, let's have good people try to use it for, for humanity's help and sake. Nick Janicki,
1: Media Relations at Ganjin Ward and Technology Entrepreneur, it was great to have you on California Insider.
0: It's just my pleasure, thank you.
1: If you like the show and our content, You should go to insiderca.com and sign up to our newsletter because we never know what can happen with social media and other platforms in terms of distributing our content. If you'd like to come on the show and be an insider, you can reach out to us at cainsider at epochtimesca.com. Again, it's cainsider at epochtimesca.com. We would love to have you on the show to tell us what's going on in your field in California. Thank you for watching.